Welcome to Shining Bright, the Farm Her radio show all about women doing great things. Women who are making the ordinary extraordinary. Women following their passion, taking action, and making a difference for themselves and others. Join me, Margie, as your host on Shining Bright by Farm Her. Good morning and welcome to Shining Bright. Erin and I are here in the studio this morning. Back again. Yes. Hello. Yes, back again. So we are talking uh, to a couple really cool women that have, I don't know how this happens. I, I kind of love it. Like, you know, you put good stuff out in the universe and really cool people just like they just pop up pop up mm-hmm. in front of you All these and stories I know I absolutely love it so we're going to be talking to Glenda Gale who is um, an executive at Landa Lakes but she's got a really interesting story, like as we all do, like the twists, the turns, the the path, the journey. Journey. Yeah. And then uh, we're going to be talking to Amy Eaton, who um, is a woman that is engaged with what I think is a really cool organization for women yes. <laughs> based here in Iowa, but growing they're, and they're doing big things. And yeah. yeah. And uh, their whole mission is to prop women up so that there's more women in leadership roles so that there's more women tools yeah the the tools get there build their confidence the confidence so there you go Erin you just hit the nail on the head um I'm gonna keep talking about confidence this fall because I think it's an interesting thing and I personally I want to know more about where people get theirs from because Mm -hmm. we've we've talked about this before um I I Feel I was raised by a strong mother and father, and I was always um, able to go do whatever I wanted. And I think I'm, I'm just like have it in me that I'm like I'm going to go do, do that. It. Mm-hmm. And um, so you know, there's there's always been a level of confidence that I've had when I look back. But you know, um, I think going through like puberty and like right. and you so know all like, these life changes yeah, and all the different like, stages it like and knocks some of that out of you and it's a process to build that back up it is a process and then you find yourself in a new position maybe in life maybe like say you quit your job and you start a company or something like that and then <laughs> like confidence is a whole another ball game yeah. when you're doing something that you've maybe never done before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or for you and, like yeah. you, you've moved around the country yeah. five times right like Right. Finding your confidence in reestablishing your life and, and finding and friends finding your and people finding, and finding your community. Your thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's well, And growing. as you talk about this, I'm like, I, I'm like, oh, she's going to ask me. I am. She's going to ask me. going to ask you something. Where do you, where do you get your confidence? How do you build your confidence? I'm just prepping for it. But so there you go. There's your in. question right there. Yeah. It's popping into my mind. And you know, I think, um, gosh, I think back to my younger years. I'm like, gosh, I just didn't even think about it. I think about everything much more now yeah, than I, I used to. I don't even know that I knew what confidence was. There's at stake in my life and, yeah. you know, but I think what, what builds my confidence now is just doing those scary things, even if it's little, like just doing it, just exposing myself to whatever it is and, and just doing it. That's funny because I, I Googled like what builds confidence, you know, because I figured there there's experts out there that right. clearly know more than what I do yes. about it. And the number one thing was just doing it. Are because you when you do something right. and you see that even if I, I wouldn't say even if you fail, but even yeah. if it doesn't go the way that you want, you realize, oh, you've still grown and yeah. you're OK. Yeah. Like, right. You're probably OK. Yeah. Like I realized that I could do this. Right. Like maybe I'll do it better next time or different. But yeah. but I can do this. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it really is a building effect. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an interesting thing. We're going to be talking about we've got our, our 20th and final grow yes. event coming up here uh, in November, November for any 15th. of you. 15th. I know November 15th. Uh, it's going to be in Ankeny, Iowa at the FFA Center. And um, we're going out with a bang. Because we are not going to be doing talk about confidence in figuring out where your business is going. It has been. Uh, We are going to not be doing events anymore as we go into 2020 or or these types of ticketed events. So Mm -hmm. these these grow events are coming to a close Mm -hmm. and it has been a wonderful run. But um, one of the things that we're doing there is we're going to have a panel of women 
who I admire. Yeah. Who some of Such them. Such a great panel. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh-huh. Um, some women from around the country who are all doing kind of different things, yeah. but I admire their guts, their gumption, their, mm-hmm. their confidence. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about confidence in a panel discussion on the stage. And we're going to record that for a TV show. For, for an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Of Farm Her on RFD TV. So um, if you think that sounds cool and you're somewhere near Iowa, you don't have to be in Iowa to come. No. Nope. Uh, yeah. Head over to our we're website. Get your ticket. Farmher.com. Tickets just went on sale and groups are welcome. We'd love to see you there. It's Mm -hmm. a one day event. And again, we're going to be talking about being bold. We're going to be talking about Mm -hmm. um, finding your journey. We're going to be talking about confidence. Great event to to invest in your own confidence. Oh, yeah. It's a Mm -hmm. cup filler for sure. I mean, I'm I'm getting excited for it right now. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple months left, but... Um, On that note, so stick with us because this is going to be a cool episode. We're going to talk to, as I said, a couple women in this industry or not in this industry about how they have navigated and what they're doing and where they're going. This is Katie Crow, owner of Uplift Fitness Studio. Uplift Fitness Studio is a boutique fitness studio located right in the heart of Grimes, Iowa, in the Governor's District. Uplift offers a variety of group fitness classes, such as yoga, cardio, Zumba, bar, and strength classes. All new students can get their first week free with no obligation. At Uplift Fitness, we are passionate about uplifting women in our community to be strong, healthy, and happy. We strive to make a difference in their lives by creating an environment that allows our members to obtain their fitness goals and enjoy their experience in comfort and safety. Visit our website today at www.upliftfitnessstudio.com. Good morning, everybody. We are here with Shining Bright. Glad to be back here with you. And we are talking to a woman named Glenda Gale this morning. Glenda, welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Yes, yes. So um, where are we talking to you from, Glenda? I am sitting at the corporate headquarters of uh, Lando Lakes in Arden Hills, Minnesota. Ah, so just a little bit north of us. Yep. And yeah. it's like back to school in Minnesota today, isn't it? Oh. It is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in it, Wisconsin. It feels like fall. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, chilly here this morning, too. I mean, but it's been like that for a couple of weeks, you know, chilly mornings and warm days. Hot afternoons. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's hope that we have a little bit more of that um, left before the actual cold hits. Before the snow right? flies. Did you see, did you happen to see that um, the prediction for this winter is like, they were like, if you didn't like last winter, too bad. It's going to be the same. The same. I'm sorry Basically to tell the you same. All. Yeah. <laughs> I know. There's, great. There's yeah. nothing else to do but laugh at that. There isn't <laughs> for right. any of us who are in the upper Midwest yeah. or upper, upper, like where you are. <laughs> right. It's always Even further there. north than us. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Th- we are not here to talk about weather. I am not a weather person. This is not going to be our discussion today. So Glenda, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Where, where are you from? And tell us a little bit about your background in agriculture. Yeah. Um, so I am um, originally from um, Southeast Wisconsin. So grew up um, over in Slinger and um, I today run the um, member relations team for Lando Lakes. So I work with all of our dairy producers across the country, and I've had a, uh, a journey across agriculture over the last um, 25-ish years, starting with uh, my husband and I um, having a dairy farm that we started back in 1999 and did that for um, almost eight years. And then from there, I progressed into um, a role with Monsanto on the dairy side of the business and then um, transferred over to the crop side. And from there, I had the opportunity to move to Land O'Lakes about eight years ago and have been with Land O'Lakes ever since. That is a journey. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. l- let's take it back. Did you grow up on a dairy farm? You said Wisconsin. 
Yeah, no, actually I didn't, which is always surprising to folks um, when, they, when they know the role that I'm in today. But um, I actually grew up on a hobby farm, so grew up um, very active in uh, 4-H. And um, my parents had a small, really small cow-calf herd, and mm-hmm. um, I showed horses, I showed beef growing up. So always was um, involved in agriculture kind of on the... Um, just on the fringes and never really on um, a production dairy, dairy facility growing up. Yeah, yeah. It was my husband that um, that convinced me that being a dairy farmer would be an amazing idea. That's what I was going to say. Like, what made you take that leap into, like, let's start our own dairy farm? Your husband. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so my husband, um, we, we started dating when I was um, 16. And at that point in time, he was a few years older than me. He had just finished um, the, the large, large dairy herd program at uh, Lakeshore Technical College. And um, really was working on some dairy farms and had a dream to have his own farm. Um, his dad had liquidated their herd back in the 80s. Um, and we all know what was happening during that time um, and the financial pressures that, that most um, dairy producers were under. So he really um, wanted to, to take a run at it and uh, convinced me that it really we would make great business partners and that um, taking out a beginning farmer loan through FSA would be um, a great idea for us to start our own business. So we, um, we took that leap of faith and, uh, and started that back in 1999. I continued to work um, off the farm. But um, but he engaged full time on the farm, and um, and then I did a lot of the the business work, the background, the the bookkeeping, and then of course raising the calves and um, other things that uh, were not his expertise. Yeah, well, um, so I know additionally in your ag background, you said you were in 4-H and FFA, and in talking to you earlier, you've got kind of an interesting story as it relates to FFA. Would you uh, share a little bit with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, probably date myself a little bit here, but I, um, I was yeah, we're <laughs> like literally right with you in the timeline, so it's okay. Good, good. Okay, we're amongst friends. Right. Um, so I, I, I went to high school in the the early to mid nineties, and um, while I was in high school, um, of course, FFA was very interesting to me. I had been in 4-H um, all the way through. I had been the local um, chapter president in 4-H, and and thought it would be a great opportunity. Um, to get involved in FFA as well. So I went to the, um, to the local advisor and said, hey, you know, my friends and I, again, I had horses, I had beef cattle. I'm like, we're really interested in, um, in doing horse judging. I'd love to join the local chapter. And he said, um, okay, well, you know, I guess we can make an exception and have, um, have a few women join the chapter. And so I said, okay, that seemed strange to me, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not the, um, you know, 30s, it's the 90s. Right, 90s. right, exactly, yeah. So I um, I didn't make much of it, and um, and so my friends and I, a couple friends and I joined joined the chapter, got really excited about going to the district um, horse judging contest, and um, started started through that journey and, and realized very quickly that our advisor... Um, it was a little bit different experience than what I had had in the past with, with my 4-H advisors and um, wasn't really getting a lot of, of help or support. And, and I said, you know, hey, I have been um, the president of our local 4-H club. I'd really be interested in joining um, the officer team here at the local chapter. And again, was told, well, you know, those roles really aren't for women. You know, we really think that you just being a member would be a, a better idea. So... I, again, I just said, okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on horse judging. We'll have our own, um, you know, experts that will come in and help us. And, and fast forward through, we ended up going to the district contest. We won the district contest and had the opportunity to go to state, which again, created another hurdle because our advisor (laughs) said, oh my goodness, no, that would mean we would have to get additional hotel rooms. We'd have to get a different, a female chaperone. Like, oh, this is just way too much work. We just let the boys go with the poultry judging team that got, you know, fourth or fifth place in their category. You guys don't need to to do that. So um, needless to say, I had um, an interesting and and a bit frustrating, (laughs) yeah, yeah, frustrating experience um, with my local FSA advisor and chapter. And, um, and through that experience, you know, I, I, I've learned a few things, but 
the thing that I um, probably am most um, proud of of the local chapter today as I look back is that um, is that our advisor that I had actually retired the year that I graduated. And, and in retrospect, when I think about this, and I think this year is, or in 2020, I'm sorry, is the year that FFA is celebrating uh, 50 years yes. that women have been in, in FFA, right? Yeah. Right. And um, so as I, as I think back now, I go, oh my goodness, my advisor, you know, he, he retired the year that I graduated, which means when he started as an advisor, when he was in FFA himself, mm-hmm. women we're not part of the chapter. We're not part of the culture within FFA. So um, I really was experiencing a major shift and in, in change in thinking, I think, in the, in the organization, and it was just getting down to those local levels. So the year that um, I graduated and he retired, the very next year, we had a young um, advisor come in that had just graduated college, very excited, and, and really had a different view of the world. Yeah. And that year, um, we actually had um, a female that decided to run as a state officer and See? was elected from Slinger. Change can happen. Change no, can happen. Can. It and, can. And yeah. I love this story because I think it's good for everybody to remember mm-hmm. the influence that your actions and your words have on o- those around you, yes. even when you might not really... Um, you know, it, it might just be the way that you've always been. So mm-hmm. with that, we're going to be back here with Glenda on Shining Bright in just a few minutes. So stick with us. Hey guys, this is Margie from Farm Her. I want to remind you all that we have some really fun, functional cute merchandise out on our store at farmher.com and fall has arrived in the farmher market we've got some new sweatshirts hoodies one of my favorite windbreakers out there so check it out at farmher.com and while you're there be sure to use the code shining bright and save 10 percent just for our listeners Welcome back to Shining Bright. So when we left, we were talking about Glenda's situation, which if I had to guess is not the only time that that has ever happened, right? I'm and, sure not. And I, I agree with you, Glenda, that yeah. it's it's a shift and mm-hmm. sometimes it takes longer to work its way yeah. to all levels of an organization. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I commend you for, you know, stepping back and, and seeing that too, you know, to put the whole picture together. And yeah. when he did start and how different things are, um, then and today. And, um, yeah. And, and yeah, so that's good. I'm, and I'm curious, like what you learned from that. I agree. Yeah. So I think, um, well, I learned several things, but I think one thing that I, um, I definitely, so I have a daughter and, and three sons and my daughter is, is my oldest child. And I think the one thing I've learned as I've walked through this journey and now as I've, I've coached her through her journey um, as as a young adult. I think what I learned is that, um, you know, you have to understand the perspective that somebody else is coming from to to try to make meaningful change. So if I would have gotten frustrated um, with my advisor and just said, well, forget it, I'm not going to be part of this, I'm going to turn my efforts somewhere else, um, you know, we probably wouldn't have had as meaningful of change or my other friends that were um, female and part of the organization wouldn't have had the opportunities. So I think I've learned to be patient and to try to understand, mm-hmm. but also still continue to stand up for what I know is right. Yeah, I love and, that. And yeah. And to not let my gender get in the way. Right. Even if right. someone else is trying to make it an issue, um, I, I show up with confidence and I show up with um, competence and, and prove to people that just because I'm female doesn't mean that I shouldn't be listened to or I, sh- I shouldn't be valued or my opinion shouldn't be heard. Um, I just picked something out of what you just said. I, I, I loved all of it. Yeah. Um, you said show up with confidence and competence. And I think, um, you know, it, we talk about confidence a lot here and it's going to be kind of a theme with a lot of things that we're talking about as we go into this fall. And um, 
you know, I, I think it's interesting about how we build our confidence and like where that comes from. And so you were just a teenager and, and you know, you did show up with confidence and competence. And if you had to put a finger on on where you've built your confidence, especially at that young age, I realize it's a journey, right? Like we, I, I think all Always. three of us could agree. Still. Like, yeah, yes. yeah. Like I still need like a, a boost, like, yep. you know, on a regular basis. But, but could you yeah. talk to us a little bit about your confidence journey? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is something else I actually, I, I've thought about often as well, because I, I wonder, you know, what, what gives me more confidence than, than maybe another woman standing beside me. And I think um, I was very lucky to have the mom that I had and, and the dad that I had. So I was the oldest of, of two kids and I had a younger brother that, um, that had a disability. And my mom um, really thought that the sky was the limit for me. And, and she encouraged me to do, to take leadership roles and to do things that were outside of my comfort zone. Um, and really pushed me and encouraged me to do all those things. And, and I think that quite frankly is what really helped, um, from an early age, you know, she never, when I said, um, at 17, I really want to be the chair of the Washington County livestock committee, even though a youth has never done it before. She goes, well, I think you should do that. And then she supported me and helped me and, and mm-hmm. always stood behind me. Um, I, I honestly think that that was part of what built my, my confidence. And then also um, other leaders around me too, that, that saw that I wanted to take an opportunity. I also had, I mentioned it a little earlier, I had some uh, 4-H leaders and advisors that were amazing role models for me as well. I, I think that that is such an important thing, that basis, right? Like yes. that, that person who kind of either pushes you or supports you if you come up with the idea yourself. But I, I, I do think that strong women create strong women, right? Like, um, yeah. would you come up with that idea yourself mm-hmm. if you didn't have that mother right. there? These are good parenting tips too. Yeah, thanks. gosh, I know. I like uh, <laughs> take some notes here, Margie. Okay. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But I love that. It. And um, obviously, you've gone on and, and used that confidence in your career, um, which has probably not always been the easiest path as a woman in the ag industry. Um, but today, I did I did see that you head up the Diversity Enrichment Council at Landa Lakes. And I would love to talk a little bit more about that because it's something that we hear from a lot of people and a lot of organizations that we talk to, um, you know, even from her, like at, at the root of what we are, like we, we want to provide something for a section of the population, right? And so can you tell us a little bit about the Diversity Enrichment Council? Like, what do you guys do and and what good do you see coming out of it? Yeah, no, I, um, I love our Diversity Enrichment Council here. So it's a, I love the question. Um, So if I take a step back about five years ago or so, I had moved from a field-based role into a corporate-based role. And the very first organization that I came in contact with here at the corporate office was our Women's Leadership Network, which has been now around for almost 16 years. And it has been a great um, support group for, um, for the women that work here at the corporate office. And what I saw was that they had this great support group, but the women that were working out in the field and in customer and member-facing roles um, didn't know that this uh, Women's Leadership Network existed. And they also maybe didn't have the right um, set of resources to help support women that were working in those type of roles. So one of the very first things we did is have a conversation about how can we enhance and add another pillar to the Women's Leadership Network to support the women that are working in these really tough roles out in the field, um, you know, interfacing with customers and members every day um, in sales roles, maybe traveling and, and doing a lot of a lot of things that were maybe a little bit different than women at the corporate office. Um, so we, we started a group that was called LINK, um, Leadership, Inspiration, Networking, and Confidence that um, sits under the, the Women's Leadership Network about five years ago. I led that group up until um, uh, December of this past year where I was asked to become head of the Diversity Enrichment Council. And so what that is, is it's really 
all of the different employee resource groups across our company that all come together that really are focused on very specific um, challenges that some of our employees might have. So we've got an African ancestry group. We've got, obviously, the Women's Leadership Network. Um, we've got a Pride Alliance. We have multiple different groups. Asian Affinity. I could go on and on. Wow. Um, and, yeah, and it, it's really been um, it's been an amazing experience. And I part of the reason why I raised my hand um, and was honored to be to be part of this Diversity Enrichment Council is because I really have a passion for making sure that these groups are tied into our employees beyond the headquarters, right? So the folks that are really working out in these small rural communities, supporting our farmers um, and supporting all that's happening within these agricultural communities, they need the same level of support that we have uh, for folks that are here in the Twin Cities. So since um, December, I have been uh, co-chairing that group, and it's really been an eye-opening experience for me. Um, as a as a white female, um, obviously, I've got my own set of challenges working in agriculture, but also realizing that there's a lot of other um, groups that have similar challenges and then other unique challenges. So kind of really just working together to make sure that we are truly being an inclusive workplace and also bringing our farmers and our members along yeah. for that journey. Yeah. Well, um, being inclusive matters, you know, I mean, this is the, I always say agriculture is a culture and it takes, yes, it, takes it takes everybody, everybody. to thrive. Yeah. It really does. Glenda, thank a you. Great role. Yeah, yeah, it is. Thank you so much for this discussion today. I feel uh, kind of like excited about what you guys are doing and um, the, the energy that you bring to this industry. So thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. Stick with us here on Shining Bright. We'll be back in just a few minutes. everybody. This is Margie Geiler Alanis from Shining Bright by FarmHer. I want to tell you about a friend, a community member, a business owner that we really believe in. Our house was kind of a shell when we bought it and we've been working on updating and changing and adding things on. And we found a local contractor that we can trust, that we love the work that they do. And that is RemodelWorks. Check them out at RemodelWorksDB.com. They're right here in central Iowa. You'll love them. Welcome back to Shining Bright. So we've shifted a little bit and now I've got a new guest in the studio, Amy Eaton. Welcome. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So um, I find uh, Aaron and I were just talking earlier in the show about like, it's funny, like you put things out in the world and then like people just pop up and, and stories pop up and exciting things pop up. And maybe it's just a thing with women. Maybe it's a thing with farm her. I don't, I don't know. I bet you experience the same thing in, in your line of work now too. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, so you and I have been connected for a number of years, but not, not in this capacity. And so we just had coffee and now boom, here we are talking again. So Amy, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody uh, who you are, what you do? I would love to. I am Amy Eaton. I'm the director of marketing and strategic development for a nonprofit organization called Women Lead Change. Awesome. Not a hard mission to get behind. <laughs> Profes <laughs> no. Professional women's development. Um, the best thing we like to say about Women Lead Change is that we are a workforce development organization. We just look at things through a gender lens. Okay. So our mission is to promote, advance, and develop women leaders, but also by advancing them, we're bringing up organizations and improving the economy. Yep. So wanting to make sure that 100% of the workforce is represented in every level of leadership out there. I love it. I love it. And and uh, we've been talking, we're, we're going to talk more about confidence as we get into this discussion, but we've been talking about confidence. And um, I, I think that like having organizations like this is a confidence builder. Like you can see it, you can do it, you can build it, you can, you know, dream it, all these things. And it, it's so exciting. So let's, let's take it back a little bit further. What is your, um, What's your past? What's your, what's your experience? What's your journey that led you to this organization? Absolutely. So I started with Women Lead Change just over a year ago. And what was exciting was it this position I felt like really brought together 
exactly my past, what what I've been doing all over the place. So uh, I worked at a marketing company, uh, Allegra in Des Moines. I used to do outdoor events. So I've gone from a outdoor event production into indoor events. That sounds which challenging. Is, it's totally different. It's, it's the weirdest <laughs> outdoor thing. events. Like, I mean, weather is all I can think of. Exactly. When I, uh, like, rain, rain or shine. You so must know how to roll with all the punches. I do. I know how to hold down a tent if there is severe <laughs> weather. I, I know how to put on a lot of sunscreen. Sometimes there's windburn, um, but it was it was a great experience. So windburn, it was it was insane. It was in October and uh, it looked like I had sunburn, but it was windburn. Um, but events in downtown Des Moines. I'm yeah. super passionate about Des Moines. I I love living here, and I think we've got some amazing things. Um, but actually, prior to that, I was in athletics. So I've I've been all over the place. I graduated from Iowa State. I worked in athletic media relations, um, really have a passion for sports. And so I spent my entire undergrad career uh, being at football games or basketball games or women's tent, wherever I was needed. Right. Um, I was there and then went out to California for a while. And as I said, I've got a passion for Iowa and all my crew is back here. And I, I came back. I, I love it in Iowa. I love the people here. Um, and I was super excited to come back. So that led me into into my events career. And then with Women Lead Change, able to put that all together. So the sponsorship, the marketing, the events, um, and like I said, getting behind a mission. I'm a professional woman. So right. right. Kind of support the mission. Yeah. And and I think we've all had things in our journey probably at some point that helps you realize, hey, these these things matter and I'm going to get behind them, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's why I'm sitting here with Farmer. Like I, I wouldn't have, this wouldn't have even like popped into my mind had I not maybe had a few of my own, like, let's call them little hurdles that you can definitely get over or, or run around or whatever, you know, but like they help you realize like this isn't just me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And getting back into the nonprofit space was uh, really something that I wanted to do. And so this is, this is just an excellent fit. And like you said, with our journey, we, you, I meet the coolest people every day. That, that is the biggest part of my job and making connections from my past into the present and how that spiders out and connects me with different people is just, is pretty unique. Isn't it bizarre? Yeah. Well, um, you, you recently connected me with, um, a woman from Africa who was there here through, can you, what was it again? The Mandela fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. Which sounds like an, an very intriguing, interesting, uh, necessary organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I just spontaneously got connected with them as well um, and sat down with six amazing women from Africa and talked about what they were doing with their organizations, but really what women in leadership looked like for them in Africa. Mm-hmm. And you will not be surprised to know that some of the same things that women face here is exactly what's happening there as well, just yeah. in, in different levels. So an amazing connection. Yeah. Well, I, um, I love it. I, I've got this report in front of me that um, when we met that you gave me and, and I've run across reports that your organization has done before. And, and one of the things I absolutely love is you, the research, right? Like there's research at the base of what you guys are doing. And so it makes it easy to understand and easy to understand why you should be engaged or, you know, I I love that. So this one's called Epic and it's a corporate challenge report and survey results. Um, it's here in Iowa, but as, as we were talking, like, I think you could probably translate this across the country, right? Yes. And, and I love that the organization really is focused on that data. Yeah. When we're talking to corporations and CEOs, there is a warm fuzzy with making sure that you're important in diversity and inclusion. However, when it comes down to hard numbers, that's what we're trying to show organizations. And so that's why we do uh, partner on research studies on, we do these surveys to uh, take, just take a stab at where we are, take a look at where we are in comparison with the rest of the nation um, and see if we're moving the needle. Yeah. And, and, Obviously, we're not where we need to be or where we want to be. Otherwise, we wouldn't even be sitting here talking about this. But are things getting better? Are, are organizations like yours helping women find their roles, you know, challenge the status quo, you know, dive in a little bit deeper? My short answer is yes. Okay. What organizations like Women Lead Change are doing is creating awareness and having that conversation. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about change doesn't happen by one person in a corporation of 5,000 being passionate. Um, It has to come from, uh, quite frankly, from the bottom down. Mm -hmm. So if that organization at the top level is not talking about how they are uh, 
employing a diverse workforce, mm-hmm. there's not going to be any change. Right. And so quite frankly, that change is happening, but it's incredibly slow. Yeah. One of the uh, best quotes I heard from uh, Gina Davis recently did a documentary on women in media film oh. production. Oh, I need to watch act. it. It's fantastic. <laughs> One of the biggest things I took from it was she said, we, we are uh, progressing incredibly slow. We are getting nowhere slowly. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. You told me something like f- for equality to happen, it would be like, I, I don't even remember what it was like 200 and some years. I, I kind of made that up. I can't really remember. But but it is it is progressing so slowly. But that's where like I, I do think like a rising tide lifts all right. Like, you know, engage yourself in these things if this matters to you. Absolutely. That that is how um, these things do change over time. And I absolutely love it. And um we're going to head to break here in a minute, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about, um, I, I can personally relate to this. Like I was on a, a fast track. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I thought that's what I wanted to do. Now I will say that a big part of the reason that I jumped off of that ladder was because I decided, you know what, like this isn't actually what aligns with where I'm passionate about. And you know, when you're, when you're in your like early thirties that it's like, okay, it, if I'm going to change this, like now is the time to change it. But um, there was a number of challenges, you know, being a woman in the workplace and like that fear of, can I do this? And um, can I raise a family? Can I like juggle all these things? And is it going to have the outcome that I want for my life? And I think that that's, that's where a lot of people probably jump off that boat. And I want to talk about that a little bit more and and how we get through that as women, um, because you can do it all. I'm here to tell you, I, I, you know, it looks different for everybody. But anyway, with that, we're headed to break. Stick with us. We've got more discussion about women lead change coming up. Hey, this is Melissa with Tenriff Market. Just want to share with you some of the products we make using goat's milk from our family farm. We make a variety of soaps and lotions using the goat's milk along with other natural ingredients, adding essential oils and fragrances to give them that amazing smell. Some of the scents to choose from are lavender oatmeal, double mint, eucalyptus spearmint, sweet orange, and many more. We also make a variety of lip balm, lip scrubs, and sugar scrubs. If you'd like to find out more, please check us out at www.tinroofmarket.com, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram. Welcome back to Shining Bright. I can't help but notice, Amy, that your place says a woman's or your place, your shirt says a woman's place is in charge. I I felt like it was an appropriate shirt for today. So is it so is I love it. Um, And yeah, I I tend to agree with you. But, (laughs) you know, it takes all kinds. And we always uh, uh, talk about that as well. But, you know, obviously, as an organization that lifts up women, um, we all need something that gives us that confidence and, and that push. Um, when we went to break, I was talking a little bit about myself and you know um, my decision to change my career there. And and part of that, there, there was a number of things going on. Um, the biggest one again was like I'm not super passionate about this, and so I need to figure out what that is for me. Um, but number two, like if if I kept growing in that role. Uh, there wasn't a lot of flexibility there. It wasn't there. I was the only woman really in that type of position. And so I didn't have like a network of support that I could easily see. And I, I didn't create one for myself either. I will say like, it, it's not like, oh, woe is me. Like I wasn't out there like drumming up support. I didn't really know how to navigate it. And um, so, yeah, it, there was many times where I'm like, this isn't something that I think I can do or something that I want. So I think like there's this interesting point in, in careers where um, we, I don't, there's probably a technical term for it, right? Where you see like these young women who've entered the workforce and they're, they're uh, growing and, and they're climbing that ladder and, and they're doing all the things. And then they start to get to a point where maybe, maybe it's passion in something else. Maybe it's family 
And the juggle becomes difficult. And the, the easy answer might be to like say, I'm going to jump off this ladder. Sure. Right. And do you guys see that? And, and what is what is your um, conversation around that? Because I think that that's one of the toughest things to get through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we hear that all the time. So that that work life balance or really what we like to talk about is is the organizational structure that's requiring that actually required to get that job done. So if you're a CFO, whether you're a man or a woman, is it required that you work 70 hours a week? Um, is it required that you can't, you feel too stressed to take take vacation? Those are the, the organizational structures that we like to talk about, again, from that top-down level. Right. But we've also done a lot of reports as we are looking to advance those women leaders, as you get women into senior executive positions, there are a lot more options within that structure. Yeah. So have some more uh, gender balance options with flexible time off or maternity and paternity leave. Um, all, all of those initiatives really are driven when you've got those women executives in that position. Yeah. And, and looking at the, there's options. And looking at some companies too, that if you choose to uh, take a cu- leave the corporate structure and raise a family for a use, you, few years and come back in, how hard is it to come back in? So we've actually got a uh, peer session next week with Collins Aerospace, mm-hmm. who has a uh, re-empower program okay. that is not just specific to women, but it's for people who have left the workforce for a certain amount of oh, years. You mean they're welcoming them back? Exactly. So, and have a plan. <laughs> right, right. And, which I, I love because yes. it, it is okay for your journey to not look one way. Exactly. And like just because you took a, a maybe a pause for a little while doesn't mean that you're any less capable. Exactly. I find that so frustrating. Uh, what was said to me when when I left, don't don't think you're going to walk out this door and walk back into this position. And it was then that I said, I don't don't ever let me walk back into this position. <laughs> my, my goodness, like don't. Right. Because right. especially if that's your attitude. But I love this. Like, yes. let's help companies have that attitude of, you know what, you're valuable, you're smart and, and we want you on our team no matter what your journey has looked like. Exactly. It's you always going to look... You didn't lose your mind. Flexibility. <laughs> well, I, I mean, somewhere along the path, I do feel like I might have lost parts of it, but I'm going to blame that on Farmer. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's true, though. Like, I, I absolutely love that. And I think that you, you hit on the key of flexibility. Yes. Like, those things added in. I, I'm uh, a friend of mine, Krista Harden. She is the former deputy secretary of agriculture for the United States. And um, her, her words are ringing in my ear when she was at USDA. She said, I hire women. I mean, she, she was like obviously hiring everybody that she needed to hire, but she was very open about like, I'm making sure that I'm also hiring women because it creates a team here of people who are looking out for each other, who are helping with that flexibility and understanding when, you know, you go like, I can't do this today. Don't like knock me down 10 pegs because I, I'm, I can't do it today. Absolutely. You know, so absolutely options. It's all about options. I love it. So, um, one more thing I want to talk about. So you guys really, I mean, you you host really cool events, right? Like I am so sad because this has happened before. I, I travel a lot. And so the one that you guys have coming up, I am not, I'm going to be gone. Oh, so I, can't, I know I can't come, but um, I always have this like envy when I, I see them like roll by on social media somewhere. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Tell me about your cool events. Absolutely. Well, we really started as an organization uh, producing conferences. And that was simply because there were some women 12 years ago who were looking for leadership development that was specific to women and couldn't find it. So as we tend to do, sat around a table, had coffee and said, we'll make it ourselves. So these conferences have really turned into a a time for women to, number one, get together and have some camaraderie, some networking, things like that. But we also bring in some really big keynote speakers yeah. to show uh, some inspiration. Like, that's not even that's putting it lightly. Like you guys, <laughs> like amazing speakers. We, we have some good ones. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. we were lucky enough to host Rachel Hollis this I was gonna year. Say, do some name dropping. Rachel, yeah, Rachel cool. Hollis was huge in April um, last year. We had Gina Davis. Since I I just quoted Gina, yeah. uh, Stedman Graham actually oh. too. Oprah Oprah Winfrey's longtime boyfriend. I find this interesting. So you don't have an exclusive. We are only going to put women on the stage. 
stage. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. And that is very intentional because yeah. number one, we are intentional about having a majority of women. But number two, the needle is not going to be moved if we are all men and women in our silos. True. We have to be working together in yeah. order to create change. And that working together looks like when a higher percentage of senior level executives are men, they have to take that first step. Um, they have to sponsor and mentor women. This all needs to be something that we're working together. So we really do bring in perspectives from from every gender. Mm-hmm. And you look at someone like Stedman Graham, what was fascinating about that yeah. is that, like I said, Oprah Winfrey's boyfriend. Yeah. No one knew Stedman. No. And he really talked about having to create his own personal identity yeah. because he was he's completely overshadowed. He's so proud of what she's done in her career yeah. and would never want ill of her. However, he had no identity. He's a human her. being too, a human right? Being, <laughs> and a really smart one. Yeah. yeah. So he had to create his own identity. And again, just that message was something that uh, could be reflected in everyone in the audience. Yeah. I love that. Yes. I, I absolutely love that. And I, I never thought about maybe it from that perspective, but um, yeah, I mean, she, and to support somebody who has a role in a platform like Oprah does has got to be just intense and amazing, I would imagine yes. as well. So yes. yeah, so you guys get cool, cool speakers. We do. Yeah, we so, do. So um, we've got our Des Moines conference coming up in October, and yep. then we've got a conference in November in Dubuque. Yep. Um, and again, have some really great keynotes. Monica Lewinsky, Gretchen Rubin in Des Moines. Uh, super excited about both of them. Michelle Poehler, who's really uh, coming up and about hellofears.com. She did a hundred fears. Okay. Uh, so should be fascinating. Yeah. I love it. And you guys have really tapped into, um, something that I think we all need a little bit of at least, you know, I'm, I'm not saying like to exclusively spend your time, like focusing on, on women's issues. Right. But I think we all need to pay attention to this. I think we all need to devote a little bit of time to this. I think that it's not just about me or you. It's about like moving the dial as a whole and that that does matter and I think it matters like today and tomorrow and a hundred years from now so stick with us we got a little bit more here on Shining Bright with a wrap up Hi, this is Margie Geiler Alanese. Next week on Shining Bright, we're taking a deep dive into food and hunger. We'll start out way down south at a rice operation run by women and talk about their roles in creating a sustainable food for all. And then we're going urban at a rooftop garden launched and tended to by an organization looking to make a difference in their community. Be sure to tune in to Shining Bright next week. are wrapping up this uh, Shining Bright by Farmer. And um, as we talked about in the beginning and has been threaded through this discussion, I want to touch back on confidence. And um, I looked up a definition of what confidence is because I have what I think it is in my mind, but that who knows what the the real version is. And it says confidence can be described as a belief in one's self and one's ability to succeed. And I love that. And I think um, at the heart of what you do, that's, that's what you're doing, right? Like you, you are helping women build that confidence that, that they can do this, that they can succeed. Right. Our theme for this year's conferences is own it, own it. So owning, owning everything about you, the, at the base, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, but also taking a look at how how you are showing up at work every day. Yeah. Um, how you're showing up in your personal life every day, and and what that looks like. If you are standing in the background, um, are you are you missing out on opportunities? And again, this goes back to everything we do is about creating awareness because I think this is something that women are getting much much better at. Right. The issue of of the confidence and not tapping yourself on the shoulder. Um, is is really starting to be a common knowledge of at least do you have that little voice inside your head that's saying no, yeah. or do you have that other voice that's starting to say, okay, let's get over this self talk and let's move forward. I can apply for that job. Yeah. I can do that presentation. 
I can speak up in the meeting. And then once you do those things, you realize like, even if it didn't go the way you want, I did it, I can do it, and I'm going to do it again. Exactly. And I'm going to change this and, and maybe make it a little better or, you know, like dive at it differently or, or something. But um, I love that. And I, I think it's so important. So I have to ask uh, in uh, your confidence journey, because I, I'm going to always call confidence a journey, right? Like it's, I mean, I, here I am at 39 years old and I have a, a pretty cool platform um, a lot of the days, but some days I'm like, Oh, I don't got this. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so like, no matter, no matter where you are, like we all need these little reminders, these little pokes, these, these touch points, uh, to build our confidence, but like working in an organization like this, like tell me a little bit about your confidence journey. Cause I, I got to imagine it's like, we all got this ladies. Oh. Yeah, I, I love calling it a confidence journey. That That is excellent. And those times when you get overwhelmed, it's a really good overwhelming. September is crazy for us. So we, we made out a list of, of everything that's going on and just think about how amazing that is. But on a on a personal level, I, I will say I fall into that imposter syndrome category. Oh, me too. There's Duh. plenty of days where you think <laughs> someone's going to figure out I know. And I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I stand on a stage and I tell people, fake yeah. it till you make it. Yep. Right. And, and that's the truth. And, and we all do that. But I agree mm-hmm. with you. Like I, I still like I will now call myself an entrepreneur. But up until like, like a few months ago, I, I struggled to like say that. Like, yes. what in the heck? Yes. Right? Just just get over it. Right. And right. it's that that whole fake it till you make it. I was actually on a, a call yesterday with some some leadership training in a cohort. And we said that, too. It's it's act as if you were think that's a great idea. Yeah. Act as if you're completely in support of this. And as you do that, this was all going back to brain levels and hormones and things. I mean, it, it, it all, it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> it's science. It's, it's true. <laughs> like tell yourself you can do it and and then you can. Yep. Um, yeah. Interesting. Like uh, we are, uh, we have a new season, the TV show coming out. And so I got some new pictures taken of myself and like one of them, like, I look like I'm just like ready to like take on the world. And yeah. I was like, I know I was like, I kind of love this. But then I was like, if I hmm, do, I look like, I don't know, like right. I just started like worrying about it. And then I was like, Margie, put it out there. Who cares? And you know what? Tell people that like, I wasn't sure about putting it out there and that's okay. But like, I do think that like that pose that I had in, in that picture, mm-hmm. it's kind of a powerful one. And I, I did say like a pose is that it's just a pose, but sometimes you need to do that to remind yourself like I can do this, right? right? Like whether it's positive talk or a pose or whatever that is. Right. And and I do strongly, strongly believe that surrounding yourself with people who are going to help prop you up. So maybe going to an event like you guys have or uh, joining some sort of a group, a networking group, talking to people even online. Like it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to like actually be in that place if you can't make that happen. Absolutely. But, like it, it's magical, right? Do you guys see magical things coming out of your events? Oh gosh. Yeah. It's again, I said the first part I love about my job is meeting new people. The second thing is talking to people at events. Yeah. There's just no one that doesn't walk out with some sort of nugget that they can put into place right away in their work or personal life, but also some sort of inspiration that just says, you know what? We got this. We yeah. can do it. Yeah. I love that. And and it's it's an old message. I mean, like you can repackage it in many different ways, but I, I think it's always relevant. I think it's, it's always going to be relevant and needed. And so a rising tide lifts all. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. I love it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you everyone for joining us here on Shining Bright by Farmer. You've been listening to Shining Bright by Farmhood. Be sure to listen Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM's Rural Radio 147 and the SiriusXM app. And now, go shine bright.